Greetings, Pear Sharpens and Retrogrades. This controversial German bishop may soon be Vatican's doctrinal head, Bishop Heiner Wilmer, Wilmer, however the heck you say his name. I don't really care because he is pure evil. And guess what the doctrinal head is? It is the number two in the church. This appointment of Heiner Wilmer was supposed to occur on December the 23rd or December the 24th. We've had varying reports, varying accounts of quote-unquote heroic cardinals rising up and blocking his nomination. Now, I don't know how that happens in the Roman Catholic Church. Allegedly, it happened right before Christmas because Heiner Wilmer is even called by center-right rags like National Catholic Register, controversial. Calling Heiner Wilmer controversial is like calling Hitler a little choleric, a little controversial. It is the understatement of the year. And Pope Francis, who is not to be stopped, unlike Pope Benedict Sixteenth, or Pope John Paul II or any of our recent quote-unquote heroes in the church who can be stopped at a moment's notice. Just threaten them. I'm not saying you should, but this is all it takes to stop them. Threaten them. Uh, don't shake their hand at a papal presser. It crushes their sensitive spirit. Unlike those guys, Pope Francis does what he wants to do. Unlike the sallow, turgid, sagging losers on the right, the left always gets its job done. So for whatever reason, the cardinalate was able to temporarily suspend Francis's nomination of Heiner Wilmer. I'm going to tell you why he's so bad. This sodomitic promoting, sodomitic-promoting uh fruitcake looking guy i'm looking at him right in his bespeckled eyes why is he so bad well francis isn't gonna be denied the left gets its job done the left is committed sun tzu says know your enemy and our enemy the left wicked prelates who are trying to destroy the church like francis by promoting this pro-lgbt radical to the doctrinal chief in the church always get the job done because they have a sense of accomplishment. For for whatever reason, we on the right don't have that. We recently lost Pope Benedict XVI, and people were all saying, you know, his legacy is Samorum Pontificum. No, it's not. Samorum Pontificum lasted for 14 years. That's not a legacy. A legacy lasts. That's what the term means. It means linked. Get real, people. So, just an hour ago, NC Register... Princess article, this controversial German bishop may soon be Vatican's doctrinal head with the, the headliner, Bishop Heiner Wilmer, who has been a vocal backer of the German synodal way's most controversial proposals, particularly all the James Martin stuff. Just think of this as being James Martin promoted to the CDF, in that, if you don't know who he is, that'll help you. He's reportedly... Pope Francis's probable pick to head the dicastery for the doctrine of the faith. It should be called the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith, except Francis is trying to destroy the curial dicasteries as well, the curial congregations. There's one more aspect of attempting deliberately to destroy the church 
Yes, it can't be done, but Francis is going to give it his damnedest effort that, that is underway. So we're going to talk about this under several headings in today's show in just one moment. First off, I want to say this. We are still running two classes on timothyjgordon.com. Late, late January, early February will be when the first of these classes starts. Um, and the first one will be on how to run a homeschooling curriculum yourself that you wrote yourself. You shouldn't trust anyone more than yourself or your wife to educate your young children. Okay, I don't want you guys, parish orphans or retrogrades, having to use or even purchase other people's homeschool curriculums. That's against the spirit of classical home education. Okay, that's the first course we're going to offer. There's a second one we're going to offer on the Council of Trent. These will be shorter courses, and they will be either completely free or totally, totally cheap. We're getting that in order, and that's why we kicked back by a couple weeks. But don't forget about those. They're out there for you. If you want to support the show, go to Patreon, Timothy J. Gordon's Patreon page. You could get at it on timothyjgordon.com. If you want to support in a donative way, me and my family, I lost my job two and a half years ago, we're, we're, we're doing pretty well, but there are a lot of reasons why people generously support us and they say, hey, this is strict donation. If you want to do that, that's also on timothyjgordon.com. On DonorBox, that is a donation, totally different from Patreon, where you, you give something to us, we give you heightened products, especially here in 2023. Contact, emails, special uh, patron-only premiere content, stuff like stickers and mugs. You get exclusive premieres first when I do a big interview. And other con um, there's a whole other set of benefits that we're going to be unrolling for patrons, and we really appreciate you. Both are at timothyjgordon.com, the way to support us on Patreon and the way to privately give on DonorBox here in 2023. Like this video, subscribe, click the notification bell, and if you're in a blue state, get to a red state, go to realestateforlife.org like I did, get particularly to this swath of the country before more craziness happens. It is underway. It's 2023, Agenda 2030 is underway. Get to a red state before more happens that will disable you to get here. Realestateforlife.org. Okay, so first off, I want to offer a couple head notes. I'm going to be reading from the National Catholic Register article entitled, This Controversial German Bishop, Heine, let's call him Heine, Heine Wilmer. Let's. You know, I think this guy would love to be called Heine. Uh, I'm just guessing. But his name is Heiner. Bishop Heine Wilmer is probably going to be the CDF prefect, the head of doctrine in the church, what Ratzinger held under JP2, what Mueller held under Pope Ratzinger, Pope Benedict. The Pope's here's head note number one. The Pope's planers, you know who they are. They lie. They lie about Pope Francis. They have been saying that Francis's synod on synodality, which is where all of the destruction that he's postponed, 
is supposed to come to fruition in 23 and 24. They've been saying that might sound like the German synodal way, but that's not the same thing as the German synodal way. The German synodal way is this group of schismatic Germans that want gay to be okay in the church. They want lady priests, many of them, not even just lady deacons. They want uh, uh, priests to be able to have sex. And, and more extreme things besides, probably intercommunion with the Lutherans, though the, the evidence is spotty on that. But they at least want to make sodomy okay for all their buddies, for all their Heine-loving buddies. They want uh, female priests, and they want priests to be able to have sex. So they want to be able to have sodomy first, make that okay in the church, and then, well, priests don't have to be celibate anymore. Does this sound familiar? one hand washing the other. This is what the German synodal way wants. And Francis's synod on synodality, the Pope's planners have been telling us, even though it sounds like it might be the German synodal way, the synod on synodality has nothing to do with that. Well, Heiner, Heine Wilmer is a huge backer of the German synodal way. He's even basically the young leader of it. Now, he's a younger guy, 61 or 62, and there are older, more established heads associated with German Sonata Way, like Marx and some of the, the bad guys from Germany. Tons of, tons of flitty-seeming evil men. The Reformation never left Germany in the German Sonata Way. But the young leader of it is Heine Wilmer. And it will be guaranteed to be the agenda of the Synod on Synodality if Heine Wilmer becomes the CDF. So once again, I know it's not breaking news, and this episode of Rules for Retrogrades is called Breaking, so I'm contradicting myself a little bit, but the Pope's planners are lying about this, about the probable outcome, probable outcome of Synod on Synodality and its alleged coalescence or non-coalescence with the German synodal way. They're lying about it. Heine Wilmer is reportedly Pope Francis's probable pick to head the dicastery for the doctrine of the faith. This was reported an hour ago. Diane Montagna from Rome reported it that Francis is back at it. We got a report from her a week, a week and a half ago, that he's back at it. He doesn't like to be shut down. He won't be stopped. And by the way, the Sankt Gallen Mafia's agenda is only one quarter or one fifth complete, depending on whether or not you tack on into communion with the Lutherans. And this will get it done. This will get the last three or four agenda items done fast to have Heine Wilmer in place, fastly in place as CDF. That's head note number one. Head note number two concerns the title of this video, my friends, Parish Orphans Retrogrades, Concerned Catholics, Conservatives writ large, whatever. I was going to say something like this in the title. And I know what some of you would think, and you wouldn't have been wrong. I know what some of you would have said in the comments. You wouldn't have been wrong, not fully anyway, if I'd titled it this. Francis's elevation of Heine Wilmer will destroy the church. Then I know that you're, you're, you're going to say to me, 
the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. I know you would say that. That's Matthew chapter 16, verse 17 through 19. See what I did there? I used Siri because I, I recorded myself. So I'm very, very cl- Technology. Um, Matthew chapter 16, verse 17 through 19. Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, and I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it, or some such thing. I'm just using my technology in real time now. And you guys will say, and I'm, I'm not being snotty, I, I'm saying you're right. Well, you can't title a video that Francis will destroy the church with Heine Wilmer, Heine Wilmer, Heine Willie. That's a little too on the nose. Yeah, I I could have. And here's why. Yes, Matthew, what what was this? Chapter, I hate how they want your face. I hate how they want your face for these new uh, iPhones. Matthew chapter 18 that says this means something that must be interpretively unpacked. And guess what? It can't be unpacked until the end of time. What does this mean? The gates of hell won't prevail against the church. Well, it means people are going to be trying. I'll tell you that much right now. It means folks are going to be trying. And they're trying more successfully than ever over the last hundred years to destroy the church, to have the gates of hell prevail against the church. I'm not saying that that's wrong. My Lord is Jesus Christ. In my house, we serve the Lord. So I would never say he's wrong. Of course. But what I mean by destroy the churches, I mean destroy all appreciable semblances of the churches we've known it for 12 to 1500 years. Okay? That, that can be destroyed. We didn't always have conclaves to elect popes. We got popes a different way before that. We didn't always have a church that was able to say masses out in the open. Right? took the, the uh, Edict of Milan by Constantine in 317 or 327 to change that. So we could be forced back underground, and that seems to be happening. Except this time it's not the pre-Constantinian Roman Empire emperors that are forcing us underground. It's Francis himself. W-E-F-U-N, atheist-loving Francis himself, who's ghostwriter wrote a book called Heal Me With Your Mouth. It's all about kissing. These are gross, gross men. Francis et al. So don't tell me that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church means that Francis and Heine Wilmer will not push through false doctrines. They've already done that with the Morris Letizia. They already done that. There's no such thing as Catholic divorce. And Francis made Catholics divorce seven years ago in April. He made Catholic divorce a thing. Now, I know a lot of you out there want divorce. And are like, even the conservatives are privately like, uh, I don't know. I, I wasn't going to complain about that. I wasn't going to raise my hand and remind the teacher there's homework this weekend. You know, I get it. But there's not Catholic divorce, friends. You're not allowed to get divorced. Even after we have this big matzo ball hanging out there called Amoris Letizia from April of 2016, seven years ago this April. That's just out there. That's doctrinal. 
That's a post-synodal apostolic exhortation. And he, I'm not quoting directly, but six months after he posted that in April, in October, he said, yep, the Buenos Aires bishops have the only correct interpretation. There is Catholic divorce. Divorcees can receive the body, blood, soul, divinity of Jesus in the Eucharist. So he's either saying, A, there's Catholic divorce, it's not a sin. Or he's saying, B, that the um, Eucharist is not the body, blood, soul, divinity of Jesus, because mortal sinners who are unrepentant are receiving it, imbibing it. You can't do that. You can't mix it. So it's one or the other. A is better than B. And the rest of the context clues in a more Satitsi, if you're not a Pope splainer, you don't have cotton stuffed in your ears all the way to your gray matter, that all supports the idea that there's Catholic divorce. So he can mess with the doctrine, and he's going to mess with the doctrine in ways that strike conservatives more. That more conservatives are averse to than divorce. I mean, I'll remind you, two months before that, in February, it's the seven-month anniversary of Francis saying Catholics can use contraception if, if there's significant risk. He said it in the context of Zika virus. That was in February of 2016. 16. See, I have a very, very long and detailed memory for these things. Sorry, Pope Splainers. And when he said that, the next day, there was a show going on. A friend of mine was doing a show and kind of Pope Splaining. And right during the show, I've told this story before, Greg Burke, Vatican spokes hole, said, yeah, Francis did say this. And he meant not just contraception, he meant condoms specifically. So I had to call my friend and say, hey, don't be a spokeshole. The other Greg Burke spokeshole said, he doubled down. And you're just sitting here saying, no, it's vague. You're doing the typical UTEP two-step around Francis's devastating doctrine. And he said that. So literally Francis is attacked. He said there's Catholic divorce. He said there's Catholic contraception. I've done shows like 101 Outrages of Francis, but both of those seven-year anniversaries hit in a month and then three months from now, respectively. Less than a month and less than three months. I believe Amoris Laetitia was April the 16th, 2016. I remember the double 16. Nevertheless, Gates of Hell shan't prevail against the church does not mean that this guy, assuming that he's Pope, which shave a point of my certainty off the proposition every week or so. Assuming he's Pope, it means we can't rest fastly on the presumption that, that Matthew chapter 18 means that doctrine's untouchable or that we can't go back and we'll have to tweak it some. Okay? I don't know what it all means. I say epistemic humility Epistemic humility, epistemic humility, don't pretend you know what's happening. The church was not equipped for Francis. Thank you very much, Benedict XVI. You gift-wrapped that little turd and sent it to our address, Benedict XVI. I'm sorry. This is what he did. He knew who the number two in the conclave was in 2005. And he quit anyway. Now, if Francis turns out to be an antipope, which is a distinct possibility... I'm not declaring it. Then we'll have a cadaver synod. Steph, can you get the cadaver synod up on the screen? This is part of my head note. 
And it will be a joyous occasion if so. The Cadaver Synod is, to quote one beautiful young lass, Stephanie Gordon, the pettiest and simultaneously the most sublime act the church has ever undertaken. (laughs) The Cadaver Synod is where, with one of our many antipopes, we've had many, they dug his old bones up. They dressed him in finery. You know, the, the, the tiara and cope. They de- dressed him in pontifical finery. They sat him on a throne. They condemned him, I think, what, threw tomatoes at him? They dressed him. Yeah, let me find the thing. I'll find it. Sorry. They dressed him up. They condemned him. They defrocked him. Ex post. And they undid several of his teachings. I don't know if they were false doctrines, but they did several of his at least disciplinary teachings. And then they, what, threw his old bones in the Tiber? Or they, yeah, they like dug him up. Hold on, let me find. Here, I'll read it in just one second. All I'm saying is this for the moment. You break in when you need to, young Steph. But would to God, would to God, that this is not only in our venerated Catholic past, but maybe in our Catholic future as well. That's all I'm going to say. Because this is a church that cares about justice. A church that digs up the old bones of a papal imposter and they're shouting things at him. What else are they doing to him? Utterly disdainful equipoise with regard to this papal pretender. And then they, they throw him in the Tiber. Um, here we go. Just say. Uh, <laughs> this is from the Wikipedia article of the Cadaver Synod. It said, um, and correct me if I'm saying this, this Pope's name's wrong. I think it's Formosus. Yeah, Formosus. Um, That's right. So Pope Boniface, I'm sorry, Stephen, I think this is Pope Stephen, had just, had had Formosus's corpse exhumed and brought to papal court for judgment. He accused Formosus of perjury, having acceded to the papacy illegally. Hmm. And illegally presiding over more than one diocese at the same time. At the end of the trial, Formosus was pronounced guilty and his papacy was re- retroactively declared null. Now, it goes down here. It says, uh, let's see here. It was, let's find it. They, ha- they talk about the trial on this cadaver synod. And... I will try to find that. Sorry. Um, the point is, it's it's happened, people. Normies, it's happened. Okay? That's part of the head note. It's just, it's happened. And it could happen again. And if it happened again with regard to Francis, I'm not going to dance around it. I'm not sure. Epistemic humility. I still call Francis Pope. But if it happened, it would be a joyous day. It would be a joyous day. And this guy, Formosus, had like, he presided over two dioceses at once. That's the full extent of the count. And he he exercised a little trickery to accede to the pontificate. Okay, these are his charges. I can build you a list of material heresies 200 strong with regard to Francis. And they are mondo. We are talking... Saying sodomy, an act that is death to the soul, worse than murder, according to some of the great saints. We are likely going to see sodomy christened under this old sinner. 
I don't have strong enough language. So to go to continue the article on this cadaver synod, um, this was happening in, they think around 897. Um, so Pope Stephen ordered the corpse of his predecessor to be removed from its tomb and brought to the papal court for judgment. With the corpse propped up on a throne, a deacon was appointed to answer for the deceased pontiff. This is like the height of pettiness. I'm getting I... a chill down my leg the way Chris Matthews did. <laughs> it, it, just thinking about this being something that could happen not only in the past, but in the future. Not saying who with. I'm totally here for this. <laughs> So he was accused of transmigrating seas in violation of canon law, perjury, and serving as a bishop while actually a layman. Eventually, the corpse was found guilty. Yes. <laughs> Boom. Well, they got him so good. Um, let's see here. Um, let's see. It says uh, he was accused. He was found guilty um, after having the corpse stripped of its papal vestments. Stephen then cut off the three fingers of the right hand that it had used in life for blessings, next formally invalidating all of Formosus' act and ordinations. The body was finally interred in a graveyard for foreigners, oh only God. to be dug up once again and tied to weights and cast into the Tiber River. Now, Tim and I lived in Rome. The Tiber River, so that good. is at the height of, of uh, an insult, to be tossed into the Tiber River. I think it's the height of an insult to be buried in a foreigner's graveyard who who loves foreigners and, and illegal immigrants i think that that would be francis so i'm not i i mean maybe he's really pope and he's just the world's most evil pope but if he's not i think i think a burial in a graveyard for foreigners would be duly fitting and would even please the court it would even please francis i, I you know we can't get too carried away with this perverse little fantasy but hey it's part of our past, people. The church, not this church, not Francis's church, not really the church of the last 100 years, 60 years. The church cares about justice. When you care about justice, you cut the fingers off a corpse. I mean, I'm talking, you got to have a thick knife. You're cutting real fingers off a real dude, flesh and bone, just because those three fingers falsely performed a pontifical blessing by a non-pontiff. So this is deadly serious. Serious is a heart attack. It's just crazy to me, like how justice minded they were. The, the mind went straight to dig Boom. him up. Dig him up. Dig him up. Dress him up. What to do here, right? So this guy's not Pope Formosus. So I don't even think I have to say it. This is the mind of the Catholic in 897. I know I'm being redundant saying it even once, but Steph, we're going to, we're going to dig him up. We're going to dress him up. We're going to obviously have a deacon answer for him. We're going to shout things, probably throw things at the deacon and the corpse. And then we're going to strip him of all of his finery. We're going to cut off his fingers. And we're going to bury him in the most disrespectful graveyard, only to be dug back up and tossed like a Pachamama into the Tiber. You get it, right? Is your mic on? Yeah, that okay. is the height of pettiness. <laughs> but it's the height of justice as well. Justice is petty, parish orphans and retrogrades. Okay, so this is a long head note. I, I don't know where I'm going with this. But I want to say, look, so, so to, to conclude this second head note, these are like long head notes. I just say every philosopher knows the difference between uh, 
a dichotomy, descriptive and prescriptive. When it comes to gates of hell, shall not prevail against the church. Don't mix up descriptive and prescriptive. From the perspective of God, from an eternal perspective, from the end of time, yes, the church will not fold up. Descriptively, that's got to be accurate because our Lord said it. Jesus doesn't get stuff wrong. I trust him with my whole heart. I trust him, assuming Francis is Pope, as I do for the moment, and he's the most wicked man I've ever even read about. Francis is more wicked than any of the villains of history that I've ever even read about. He's so evil. But for now, I'm assuming he's Pope. And I trust, descriptively, that the gates of hell won't prevail against the church, one. Two, that there's a good reason for him to be there. And three, that we are not abandoned yet. Our God is a faithful God who hasn't abandoned us. He's just calling us to suffer, I guess. But don't mix that up with prescriptive. Don't say, well, prescriptively, this means that I guess there is Catholic divorce. If Francis is Pope, and the Pope in 2016 said there's Catholic divorce in Amoris Laetitia, or there's Catholic contraception, or that Jesus wasn't a part of the Trinity while he lived, remember he said that, this, this old wicked sinner said that uh, to the editor of La Repubblica, Eugenio Scalfari. He said that, too. Vatican never removed that, contra what the Pope's planners will tell you. So he's a wicked, wicked man. And um, don't confuse descriptive with prescriptive. From the end of time, I have every faith that there will be a way to construe Jesus' words according to the divine mind that is absolutely true and makes sense. But I don't think it means that we're not going to have to confront the Vatican in 2023 or maybe early 2024 and about a year from now saying gay is okay saying women can be priests, saying priests, active priests in the active ministry can have sodomy with each other, which is what these queens want. It's what these queens want. That's what they're going toward, if you don't know. They're saying that uh, we can have intercommunion with Lutherans without the Lutherans reconverting to the faith. Francis is a destroyer. I've told you every show that I've done with any kind of conceptual bridge to Pope Francis now, I don't always say it on the nose. I'm being more on the nose now because the time warrants it. Because he's already been shut down for Heiner Wilmer once, and he's not going to be shut down another time, says I. I will be shocked if he does. He gets the job done. Francis Bergoglio always gets his man. And Heine is his man. So don't purity spiral on me. It's not going to work. I'm not going to feel guilty saying the truth about Francis. I never have, but the truth keeps getting worse and worse about him, and I'm not going to dress it up for you. And I'm not going to dress up for you the truth about Benedict XVI or John Paul II either. These guys paved the way for Francis. They set the conditions for the possibility of Francis. I'm not sure how finitely how detailedly they did so. But don't say to me, the gates of hell won't prevail against the church means that wicked stuff is not coming our way in 2023 and 2024. I'll accept a more detailed prescriptive interpretation of that passage in Matthew's gospel if lightning strikes a whole bunch of 
higher-ups in the Vatican, up to and including everyone. If that strikes like the night before, they're going to make gay okay, or whatever they're doing with their wicked little synod, then I'll say, okay, the more, more prescriptive, detailed interpretation of this scripture is absolutely on point. But if not, I'll take a more laissez-faire, descriptive uh, approach to it. Third and final head, head note, I want to point out, there's a, a, a tweet by Sister Mary Joseph, who a lot of times tweets good things, on December the 29th, and, and this tweet stuck in my craw. It was just a picture of, and I, I, I'd put it on the screen, but I, I'll just read it to you. It says this. It's a black background. It just says this. Judas, Judas had the best, it's under my likes, the best pastor, the best leader, the best advisor, the best counselor, yet he failed. The problem is not the leadership or the church you go to. If your attitude or character doesn't change or your heart doesn't transform, you will always be the same. Now, there's a sense in which this preposterous tweet is correct. That even, what she's saying is, this is a way that normies are admitting more and more. Francis is a very, very evil man. They're not going to say he's worse than Hitler yet or anything. But they're coming around to it. They're coming around to acknowledging it. Um, why? Well, what are the implications here? The implications are the following. Yes, you might have the worst pope in history, but you still have to be good. Well, that's true. Don't split. Don't leave. Don't leave and don't allow scrupulosity of a sort in regard to wanting a good leader, which is not scrupulosity in the strict sense. It's normal. It's well-ordered. Allow you to give in to your natural weaknesses, to your natural vices. You see? You see what I mean? Um, <clears throat> sorry, that light is really bright. I, don't do that. Don't pull a Martin Luther, assuming the best about him, which I don't anymore. I, I, I subscribe to a revisionist history on Martin Luther, so I don't even think he wanted the best for the church, got disillusioned because of the sale of indulgences for St. Peter's, and then started giving in to all of these private vices, like priests can do this, that, and the other thing, priesthood of all believers, all that. But let's, let's assume that for the moment. Sister is saying with this tweet, don't, if, if you, like, you blame everything on Francis, even things that he's not guilty of, then you're going to wind up just, if you're a natural-born glutton, if this is a weakness of yours, you're going to become the world's worst glutton and say, well, he gets away with it, so can I. If you're a natural pervert, which a lot of dudes struggle with this, right? I, a lot of dudes struggle with the porn. A lot of dudes struggle with the whatever. Like, 
A lot of guys are addicted to it. This was never, well, you're going to hear me talking about this issue a little bit more, but this was never a, um, a big issue for me. But I, I know 98% of men, 99% of men get addicted to porn because it's been made so available. This channel is also part of a major tech, technological effort that's going to change porn forever. But, but I, I can't say much. Then, then, you know, if you blame everything on Francis, then you'll just give in to what you do. You'll kind of pound sand, quit going to church, wind up as a, as a good man that cared about the church, giving in to private vice. Or I, I'm not talking about private vice, but you, you'll pull a Steve Skojic, right? You cover Francis every day since 2014. He's such a wicked old sinner, wickedest man in the world, in my view, in my opinion. And then you just are like pound sand. I don't even care about the church anymore. Don't do that. I I promise you I will never do that. Barry Jorvin's a retrograde. I cover this guy several times a week. He's really vile. And yet I'm not going to do that. We've had bad popes before. Not this bad, but pretty bad. Okay? So even though he might be worse as a distinction of degree, he's, he's... they haven't all been saints. About a third of them have been saints. Just under, I, I did the numbers the other day. 266 popes, 31.5% of them have been saints. I remember that number. So about one in three. And then there are about one in, another one in three are mediocre. And then a little less than a third of them were bad or really wicked. If you, if you crunch the data. So a third, a third, a third. Francis heads them all. But if... There's here. I'm being charitable, which all the normies out there want charity, charity, charity. I don't like this tweet at all by by sister Mary Joseph, but I'm giving the charitable read first. Don't blame Francis for your problems, or you're going to wind up giving in to your sins with your concupiscent nature. We all have it, and you're going to say, "Well, Francis can do it, so can I." You'll pull a Steve Skojic, who's a good man, who I like, and he just he effed off. You know, he's like, oh, hey, my sergeant is doing stuff he's not supposed to be doing, my platoon leader. So I'm just going to go over here and pick daisies. I'm not going to go to a mass. I'm not going to. That's he is living proof that there is a case to be made for what Sister Mary Joseph tweeted. But it is a blue pill. If you take it. In the full sense. Judas had the best pastor, leader, advisor, counselor, yet he failed. The problem is not the leadership of the church you go to. If your attitude or character doesn't change or your heart doesn't transform, you will always be the same. The problem is you. No, no, no. Sister, I don't know if you're listening. I mean, I'm going to say it charitably. That is a boomerism. Okay? In a pyramidal hierarchy, the church being the ultimate pinnacle of pyramidal hierarchies instantiated here on earth. Leadership matters very much, even with secular leaders. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. Or to put it in a, a salesman talk, I saw it on a movie. If you're in charge, everything's your fault. Now, if you don't think Sister Mary Joseph, who tweets great stuff, inspirational stuff, 99% of the time, if you don't think this applies in the church, then consider the scripture on wicked prelates, stumbling blocks. It'd, it'd be better that they were never born and their punishment will be worse than being having a cinder block tied around their neck and thrown to the bottom of the sea. 
because there's an internal logic here. Those ones drag away the dupes. And the dupes, I'm just giving you Aristotle, the dupes are the 90%, folks. The dupes are not the worst 10%. Maybe, maybe Sister Mary Joseph, and, and through the grace of God, maybe I, and maybe most of you who are spending your time on a weekday trying to educate yourself because you love our Lord and our, lo- our Lady and our faith, and you want to know it better and you want to do it better, yeah, maybe you're part of that 10%. It's, it's, there's a good chance that you, me, Sister Mary Joseph, we're part of the 10% that can make do without a leader. But I don't know. I don't know for sure that any of us are in that 10%. But the 90% need leaders. And we do not have leaders. That's why Jesus makes this strong proclamation against wicked church leaders. If they are a stumbling block, even in a subtle way, look at old Formosus. He wasn't actually Pope. But if they're a stumbling block in any way, they will be punished harder than a secular leader. And secular leadership is a, is a much, much higher bar than what we Catholics have been holding our leaders to. The typical normie sales job. If you're a manager then the big cheese at corporate will come to you if your department's sagging. And it'll say, hey, what happened this quarter? And you'll be like, well, I, I t- hired two guys. They were lagging off. And they'll say, you, they're not getting fired. You are. You're in charge. Everything's your fault. This is 10 times more true with the Roman Catholic faith. The one fully integral government, Vatican City on earth. The one true, needs-be, necessary monarchy on earth Pope Francis has so much to atone for. I get mad at him, but I just, I pray for him whenever I can. I I can't do it in all moods. I'm too mad at him a lot. But I pray for him when I can. Say, this guy needs pity and mercy because he has hell to pay. So I do sincerely pray for him at least sometimes. But this is a boomerism. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Did you know you, you you can't really do that? You can't really pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You need your leaders. At least the 90% do. And so many of them are being led away. Look at Steve Skojic. Okay, so that's what I'm saying about the leaders. Oh, what are you talking about? They don't matter. Now let me get finally, after all these head notes, to Heiner Wilmer, Heine, who is probably going to be our CDF. He's probably going to be our number two in the church. He's probably going to be our Ratzinger to JP2's pontificate equivalent, our Mueller to Pope Ratzinger. This controversial German bishop, says NCR, may soon be Vatican's doctrinal head. Just weeks ago, the appointment of controversial German bishop to the influential role of prefect of the dicastery of the doctrine of the faith was reportedly blocked by concerned cardinals who urged Pope Francis against the appointment. Now, Bishop Heiner Wilmer is once again reported to be a Holy Father's pick to head the Vatican's office for doctrine. And I will just add this, that three weeks ago, right after the story broke, and then again about a week later, two weeks ago, and then again a week ago, three different times I've heard reporting out of various sources in the know in Rome, including some good Vatican Vaticanistas, Francis is going ahead with this. I heard it a few days after the so-called blocking. 
There's no veto. There's no line item veto. There's no veto override. You can't stop a pope. People who say you want the strongest semblance of integralism, you bite your tongues. Because Francis is what you get. You want integralism in the strongest sense in our government? Okay, how do you like it? Francis is king of the world now. Vaccination mandates, he made everyone in Vatican City get them. Wealth redistribution around the world, they'll come take your stuff. Open borders. Okay, so bite your tongue. Think about what you're endorsing before you endorse it. Full integralism all the way is not a good idea, even if Francis were king of the world. And Francis does what he wants. There's no veto override. Bishop Wilmer, the article continues, who heads the German Diocese of Hildesheim, and lamented four months ago that the German Synodal Way failed to approve text calling for radical changes to church teaching on sexuality, was reportedly under a strong consideration by Pope Francis to succeed Cardinal Luis Ladaria as the prefect for the dicastery of the Doctrine of the Faith back in December. But an intervention from a number of high-ranking prelates, including allegedly the late Cardinal George Pell, who might have died, might have been killed, questioned the doctrinal soundness of Bishop Wilmer, yes, and reportedly dissuaded the Pope from moving forward with the selection, at least temporarily. Now, according to the traditionalist Italian website Meso in uh, Mesa in Latino, Bishop Wilmer's candidacy is under strong consideration by the Holy Father once more, which insiders were telling us was going to happen for sure. I did shows on it. Said this will happen for sure, that it'll at least be strongly considered again. An open letter from the website's editorial board to Pope Francis describes Bishop Wilmer's appointment as, quote, probable. Pope Francis's reported interest in Bishop Wilmer comes in the midst of the Vatican's ongoing standoff with the German episcopacy over the controversial Synodal Way, a non-binding process in the German Catholic Church that is seeking a heterodoxical change to ecclesial governance, sacramental ordination, and teaching on sexuality. This is the big one. For all of these queers, they want gay to be okay. I'm not saying which ones I mean. I just mean there are a lot of the gay men that are making these decisions. And they want gay to be okay. And then they want to do away with celibacy, clerical celibacy, not because they give two rats behinds about heterosexual priests that could get a, a wife and get a family. They want to first make the hiney philosophy, the butt philosophy, okay, and then they want to make it okay for priests so they can do what they're doing a lot of times behind the scenes out in the light. Like some of those stories I heard about the avocado orchard at a famed California seminary on Saturday nights. They want that to be able to happen Saturday days. Gay orgies. This is what they want to turn seminaries into openly. That's what seminaries have been turned into largely on weekend benighted hours. They want this to be out there in your face like it is on Netflix, folks. Francis, Heiner Wilmer, the German Sonata Way, the Synod on Synodality. They want it as in your face 
as Netflix. You people out there, a lot of you, I, I'm not one of these, you won't even have Netflix in your home. What are you going to do if you're still out there defending Francis? What are you going to do when he makes gay okay in your church? When you can't even speak out at your parish and say, hey, this is one of the sins that cries out for vengeance from heaven. It's considered one of the four worst sins. Some saints say it's worse than murder, like St. Peter Damien. They'll say, no, this is a new church. What are you going to do? It's, is it too much effort to be a hands-on supervisor or watch your children watch on Netflix? Okay, that's fine if you take the categorical approach, but you can't just leave church. So you got to admit, we have a problem with Francis. This is why he's appointing Wilmer, if he does. Wilmer's best-known stance is making gay okay and then making celibacy, to just do a simple arithmetic problem. Make gay okay, take away celibacy for priests. They want priests to be able to do each other. Okay? I'm taking the gloss off today. Taking the gloves off. The gloves are usually off here at Rolls for Retrogrades, but I'm taking the gloss off even more than I normally do because a lot of you are out there trained that genteelness of the Catholic brand means you lie because someone is called Pope. That's not our faith. Our faith is the faith of the logos, of truth, condemning homos, condemning homosexual acts, having a hierarchy. There's a difference between men and women. Women can never be priests or deacons. Women can never be leaders. They can never be authorities. Priests in the Roman Rite, according to JP2 in uh, no, 2004, one of the last things he did, he quasi-dogmatized that priests can never, in the Roman Rite, in the Latin Rite, be non-celibate. And Francis is changing that. He doesn't care about a bunch of heterosexuals. They're doing this for the homos. Wake up, people. Wake up. Oh, and by the way, by the way, James Martin S.J., this little fruitcake lover, he, he's a fruitcake lover at least. He's a defender of all the fruitcakes. He's out there on Twitter the last week, bold as brass, strutting, strutting down Twitter street, proverbially nude and proud of it, rainbows everywhere, saying, Pete Buttigieg, I call him Pete Butt. Pete Butt is really married. Or sorry, it's not a direct quote. He said something like, Pete Butt but is really, he's married. Sorry, people. Sorry. He, that, he tweeted that. That is Heiner Wilmer, except Heiner Wilmer is smarter. Would they, whereas... James Martin S.J. is just a naughty American Jesuit. Heiner Wilmer has the Teutonic intellect. He's got friends in higher places. He's bankrolled by the German church. Do you know the German church? Do you know why it's so rich? All the taxes from Germany, they have that strange arrangement from the Reformation. He's smarter, richer, more powerful, better connected, and he's about to be number two in the church. He's way more obnoxious than even fruitcake-loving James Martin. S.J. Growl. Do you know what I call this guy when the screen's not on? I'll bet you do. Son of a bitch. I know. 
disgusting, vile traitor. All right, I, and I, I haven't even gotten started. Man, I hate these guys. I'll just be honest. I really hate these guys. They take the sanctum sanctorum and they defile it and they laugh as they do it. And Francis is their leader. And people defend Francis. And he's going to take Super James Martin. James Martin with a big rainbow cape on. Better bankrolled. Better connected. And he's going to put him as CDF. Okay? And when I say fruitcake loving, I'm just talking about the holiday treats that they allegedly love. Fruitcake defending James Martin. Okay? <sighs> At a meeting between the heads of Vatican Curial offices and the German bishops, think German synodal way, beach party boys, in November 2022, Cardinal Ladaria criticized the synodal way's proposals for, quote, reducing the mystery of the church to a mere institute of power that must be brought under the control of supercontrollers as soon as possible. End quote. The Vatican officials called for a moratorium on the Sonata Way, which the German Episcopacy swiftly rejected. I don't need to tell you. Think about what happens if we traditionalists, particularly American traditionalists, try to swiftly reject something the Vatican does. Even our centrist, center-left bishops didn't enforce Traditionis Custodis in the way that Francis was hoping. So now he's promised that he's going to cut the head off the snake, the Latin mass snake. That's a bad analogy because Latin mass is good. As early as April, he's going to... He, I pretended to give this power to end Latin mass back to the bishops. You guys do it. And none of the bishops did it aside from the biggest fruitcakes. So he's like, okay, I'll just do it in April. That's the report. Lots of that's coming. Well, so if we just reject Francis and his agenda, if we tell him to go pound rocks, he'll come back at us twice as hard. If Francis is friends, according to me, according to my calculations, if they get a sort of phony kabuki theater order from Francis, hey, you guys got to stand down. They're just like, hey, man, this is what they do. Hey, man. We don't have to follow you. And what does Francis do? He doesn't follow up with them. They do that. They wag their finger at the Vatican. And they have no reprisals. It's like the syndicate. It's like organized crime working with the CIA. That's what this is like. It's a deep church. Just like the deep state operates with crime syndicates. Syndicates. According to meeting minutes, Bishop Wilmer backed all of the proposed synodal way text at its most recent assembly in September 22. You hear that? Heine Wilmer backed all of the proposed synodal way text at its most recent assembly in September 2022, including those calling for the establishment of a permanent synodal council, the ordination of women, and the moral condonement of sexual relations between members of the same sex. Regarding the text calling for heterodoxical changes to the church's teaching on sexuality, which Cardinal Ladaria, the current CDF, this guy's a zero. He's not a huge lefty, but he's who Francis replaced Miller with for the time being. He's just a bridge. 
Remember, Zarathustra says I'm just a tightrope between man and Superman. Cardinal Ladaria is a tightrope between center-right namby-pamby Cardinal Mueller and the new leftist homo rights ubermensch of Heiner Wilmer. Ladaria implied this gave the general impression that there is nothing that can be salvaged in the church's orthodox teaching, that it all must be changed. Bishop Wilmer not only supported the measure, but lamented that it did not receive enough support from the German bishops at September assembly to be formally adopted. This is going to be your number two in the church, likely. I voted for the policy paper on the reform of Catholic sex teaching, and I am very upset that the two-thirds majority of the bishops was not achieved. The 61-year-old German bishop reportedly said after the failed vote, this is the real dampener for everyone who works for a renewal of our church out of faith. Well, we don't want a renewal from our church out of faith. I understand and share the disappointment of many Catholics about the failure of the text in the vote. Yes, people who call themselves Catholic, who are practicing gays, will be disappointed by this. Groomers will be disappointed by this. Villains of all sort will be disappointed by this. The Catholic Church's promise is not to never disappoint people. Bishop Wilmer added that, quote, the reform of the Church's sex teaching is and remains a very important topic. This is going to be your number two in the church. He goes on, The rejection of a policy paper by a minority of bishops does not change that. It means gay rights is my big agenda. I'm subtexting for him now. I'm not going to give up. Still subtexting. Does not change that. I, Wilmer, stand behind the text wholeheartedly saying gay is okay. And I'm certain that despite the rejection, it will be widely received and discussed intensively. I assure the faithful in the Diocese of Hildesheim that I will continue to work for a renewal of Catholic sexual morality. It is unacceptable for people to be hurt or discriminated against by church teaching. That is not in the spirit of Jesus Christ. That is the clearest instance of a false gospel and a false church. I don't know what to say. How do you say, if this becomes the CDF, how do we not say this is a false church? The doctrinal chief saying that it violates the spirit of Jesus Christ to quote Jesus' words on sexual sin, to quote the teaching that's by millennial teaching of the church on sexual sin, to, to condemn sin, to condemn one of the four unforgivable sins, sins that cries out from heaven. As sin, he says, that's not church teaching. It's a false church if this guy becomes CDF. Bishop Wilmer's support for the radical demands of the synodal way are not the first time he's backed controversial theological ideas. In a 2018 interview, he claimed that the abuse, quote, of power is in the DNA of the church, end quote, which can no longer be dismissed as, quote, peripheral, end quote, 
but should lead to a, quote, radical rethinking of ecclesiology. In the same interview, he also described the polemical German theologian Father Eugen uh, Dwurman as a prophet of our time. Father Dwurman was barred from exercising his priestly faculties by his archbishop in the 90s over his critiques of the clerical state and had previously questioned the virgin birth of Christ and the physical resurrection of Jesus from the dead. He's a prophet for our times, says Wilmer, this guy who questioned the virgin birth of Christ and the physical resurrection of Jesus from the dead. Do you see what's going on? Maybe even the Pope's planners, who are dense or liars, one of the two, even are beginning to get what's going on around you. The church is being actually strongly attempted to be destroyed by the Pope. This is the decisive move. He's been doing it year by year, but this is the time. I warned you. I said this is worse than 2016, and nothing has been worse than a Morse Letizia in 2016 yet. All the 101 outrages of Francis have not yet dwarfed the first one, a Morse Letizia, communion for the divorced and civilly remarried. This will be worse. In the same interview, Bishop Wilmer, potential number two in the church, according to Francis. Why does Francis want him, right, Pope Splainers? Give me one good reason, if you're a Pope Splainer, why Francis has put this guy up for a second pass. What, is he a really good baker? In the same interview, Wilmer also questioned the teaching authority of the church's magisterium. Here's what he said. I think at times, who actually determines what is Catholic? We still act as if it were the hierarchy, as if we bishops have the right to, la- to the label Catholic. Wrong. We must be receivers, listeners, learners in conversation with Catholics, but also with Christians of other denominations and non-believers. In April 2020, in the context of COVID-19, Bishop Wilmer criticized streaming masses as an instance of being overly fixated on the Eucharist. This is your probable CDF in a couple days or a week. He downplayed Christ's distinctively Eucharistic presence. In apparent contrast to Saint, uh, to, to, to Paul, Pope Paul VI's teaching in Mysterium Fide and, Saint, and, and Pope John Paul II's in Ecclesia Dei Eucharista. In 2022, at the start of the global synodal process in his diocese, he said in his homily that the church needs, quote, new thinking regarding sexuality and the ministry of the priest. We need a new look at gender. Oh, wow, gender too, not just, not just homo stuff. We need a new look at gender, he said. Just participation for everyone in the church, men and women alike, he said at the Mass, celebrated at Hildesheim Cathedral. Bishop Wilmer has also overseen the implementation of guidelines for gender-sensitive language within his diocese. For instance, instead of saying, God our Father, the 2021 text proposes, Good God, who are mother and father to us. Your likely future CDF in a uh, couple days or a week. Aside from the questions about the orthodoxy of Bishop Wilmer's commitments, there are also questions concerning his basic qualifications to head an office as significant as the dicastery for the doctrine of the faith. 
He has only been a bishop since 2018, and unlike the likes of, of then Cardinal Joseph Ratzinger and Cardinal Gerhard Müller, two German prelates who previously held the CDF post, they keep saying DDF, Bishop Wilmer does not have significant experience as a high-level theologian. He is a, a but philosopher. Jesus said this, but I disagree. But he's not a high-level theologian. Although he earned a doctorate in the area, writing his dissertation on mysticism and, and Maurice Blondel. I studied Maurice Blondel at the Greg. Uh, Jesuit, French Jesuit. His teaching posts include high school in Germany and history and German at Fordham Preparatory School in the Bronx from 97 and 98. Wow. He taught at Fordham Prep in the Bronx. wonder if that's an all-boys school. Hope not. Hope it was an all-girls school. Don't ask me why. That's just me thinking out loud. I hope there are no kids exposed to this perverted, uh, perverted theology, theologian anyway. Formerly a member of the Dehonian Fathers, the Congregation of the Priests of the Sacred Heart, Wilmer served as Superior General of his congregation from 2015 until his appointment as Bishop of Hildesheim, a diocese in northern Germany, with a weekly mass attendance rate of only 2.8%, according to the German Bishops' Conference. As an admirer of dissident theologians, an inexperienced bishop, and an adamant proponent of the Synodal Way's most controversial demands, all of these accurately describe Bishop Wilmer, but the, if the rumors are true, the, bishop, the German bishop may soon have another title to add to his resume— Prefect of the Congregation of the Doctrine of the Faith. It's a well-researched article by Jonathan Liedel. Came out just about an, two hours ago now. I don't always agree with National Catholic Register, but they, they have some good researchers there and a lot of faithful work there. It's not National Catholic Reporter, I'll say that much. They're a lot better. And that was well-researched. I knew some of this about uh, this guy. I didn't know other parts about it, but uh, it's a fruitcake-loving theology. Let me say that. It is pro-LGBT. God be with us. I'm not going to end this show with Days of Old like I normally do because that says God wills it. I, I, God, we know what God's will is. And for whatever reason, he keeps allowing us to be exposed to this. God bless you all. Let's wait and see. Pray that something else happens. But if the worst should happen, the probable should happen, and Wilmer is made CDF, all is not lost. I say, good. This, this I think, ends forever, the ability to Pope's plane without just being like, look, I like the German Synodal way. I wonder what Catholic answers will say. I wonder what Michael Lofton will say. I wonder what the Latin mass hating faithful will say. And it is odd. There's, there's Latin mass hating faithful people out there. I wonder what they'll say. Anyone on the center or the center right who have defended Francis idiotically and made an ass out of yourselves. You look like asses. I wonder what you'll say. And the galvanizing force of having this perverted theology theologian, Heine, 
become number two in the church, Francis's sole discretion might be enough to galvanize some centrists, which doesn't often happen because Francis uses incrementalism and he tricks all these dupes who have defended him for 10 years. Maybe that will, maybe that will end. I don't know. And then again, maybe they'll just say, look, who cares? We're, we're papalatrists. If Francis says sodomy is good, then sodomy is good. I like that, that those guys, the, uh, the ostriches will be forced. They'll be a better put to their money. I like that. So that's the, the bright spot. That's the silver lining. God bless you all. I'm not going to end with Deus Vol today. Peace. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit.